0: This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Welp, my bracket is done. (laughs) But, well, at least the one I care about the most. And that's the one with my college friends, but Despite my Three of my final four Being out, I'm still in second Place in that pool. How? I don't know How. I have to Pretty much rely on Kansas losing For me to win That pool. If Kansas Loses and Purdue makes The final four, I win the pool You gotta love it And this Is an off year for me But that usually happens after I you know, do well, kind of like in 2012, I I think I came in third, or I won the bracket pool at the union at OU, because I had Kentucky and Kansas, to me, that was an easy one, it was a no-brainer, and I won that one, similar to 2021, I, I won the pool with my college friends, because Gonzaga and Baylor were the two best teams, it was obvious, and then the next year, in 2013, after I won or came in third in the union pool, I didn't do so well because I had gone Zaga and Georgetown in the finals. And they didn't make it past the first weekend. And then this year, most of my final four is gone. I think one of my other brackets, I think the only bracket that has a chance is this bracket I'm in with, uh, one of the Eagles Twitter women I like. Her bracket pool. I got UCLA winning it all and they're still alive. I got them beating Duke in the Final Four. And that looks like, that looks realistic right now. If UCLA can beat Carolina and then, I forgot what they would have after that. If they can uh, beat Carolina and then I think they play against, is it Miami or Iowa State? Yeah, I think so. Or maybe it's Purdue. I mean, maybe it's Kansas. I I don't know. I'm I'm messing up. UCLA. It's it, I'm trying to think. It's the East bracket. So it's it's the East bracket. <clears throat> so that means they would play against I think Miami or Iowa State. I I believe so. So if they get past that, I'm good. No, I got it. Purdue would play the winner of UCLA in North Carolina. Even though I think that's that's a toss up at this point. Like UNC has the talent to go to the final four. They really do. They knocked out their biggest threat. I don't even think Baylor was their biggest threat without their um big big man. I think UCLA is their biggest threat. So if UCLA wins, all this is happening in Philly by the way. Uh, UNC, UCLA, then Purdue and St. Peter's It's in Philly. Could have went easily. I explored going, but obviously I'm not going. It's today. And, you know, I want to save my money. And, you know, if I went, I would have had to get a hotel and everything. Nah. Or I would have had to drive home late. Not trying to do that. But basically what I'm trying to get back to. My Yahoo bracket with with my uh, Eagles fan Twitter is looking all right. I think I might steal that, but I need UCLA to win. I need Duke to win. That's all. Now, I haven't really got to watch the games. Listen to a lot of these games on the radio. I mean, uh, Zaga lost. I just knew the end was near for them when they struggled with Memphis. And the little bit I saw, the little bit I did see, Gonzaga was missing shots, not getting true Timmy the ball. And then it seemed like Arkansas's guards did whatever they wanted. And this was just in the little bit I saw. I can't even imagine how the rest of it looked. Eventually, Drew Timmy got the ball. I think what did Gonzaga end was that Drew Timmy didn't have any help. Especially in this last game, uh, Nimhard was a no-show. Chet Holmgren was just okay. And that that's kind of why I bought into the hype and had Gonzaga going to the end in most of my brackets or in half of my brackets. It's because Chet Holmgren is such a beast and I think so highly of him. I mean, he's like he's over seven feet. I know he's really skinny, but from what I saw, he's really skilled, can shoot, can finish at the rim, got post moves, can um change and affect shots defensively. But I guess it's harder to do so on the college level, obviously. Man, whatever, man. Anyway, Gonzaga's out. Arizona's out but you know I didn't believe in Arizona as much simply because I just had no clue about them but I think if I had watched them more often and knew about McChornn and um, Kirk krisa if I knew more about them I probably would have bought into the hype you know because they they're legit so they got some legit guards they got some legit guards but I guess the little bit I saw I saw of that was that When the game started slipping away, when Houston started keeping Arizona at arm's distance, Arizona's offense stalled, and Kirk Creaser just started jacking up threes. He made one, and then he just missed, like, the next five. I'm like, come on, man. Come on, man. Y'all just went out like that? Get out of here. Michigan lost to Villanova again. Again, this is nowhere near as good of a Villanova team as, you know, as in the past, and Michigan lost. Hey, they fought hard to the end. No one expected them to even make the tournament, and they made it all the way to Sweet 16 and was very competitive. But what I heard on SportsCenter is they shot very poorly in the second half. Yeah, that what I will do. You can't be anyone like that. Just ask Baylor. Just ask Baylor women. I'm about to I'm about to get to them in a second. So what's the what's the other game I'm missing here? Ah, Duke. Duke, they held on against Texas Tech. Jay Billis said Texas Tech was going to beat Duke, and he was looking right for a second. But, you know, them stars they have Paolo Banchero and Mark Williams. I'm I'm learning about Jeremy Roach and Trevor Kills, which I had no idea they were from this area. See, that's why I need to check in with my, you know, WCAC folks in basketball, in high school basketball, because they got some talent there. And they just they just fly right on by. They just fly right past me without really knowing about them. I had no idea those guys went to Paul Six. That's why they were so good. Cause they had those guys. You know what? Now that I think about it, I think I do remember watching Jeremy Roach in the championship versus DeMatha when they played at American. I think I remember that now that I think about it. But them guys are going to be a problem. And then Paulo Banchero is a top five pick in the draft. Like, I'm telling you, man, I I think I'm on to something with Duke making the final four. I don't know, though, man. It's going to be tough going against Arkansas, who's back in the Elite Eight again. I think last year they like they narrowly lost to Houston last year, if I'm not mistaken, in the Elite Eight. Or was it Baylor they lost to? Anyway, they made the Elite Eight, even though they had some close games. <clears throat> I do have to give credit where credit is due. Texas Tech, they lost their coach. I thought they were for sure done for. You know what I'm saying? They lost some of their, their their best players. But they get the old banner kid from Oral Roberts, pick up some other transfers, get a hell of a coach. I don't know where that coach is from, but he's obviously really good. And, you know, they end up being, what, number three, number two, number three in the Big 12, and then they turn around and make the Sweet Sixteen. And, you know, they're a few minutes away from the Elite Eight. I don't know if they beat Arkansas, if they made it, but, man. Man, they got some 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 kind of program there in Texas Tech. But I'm heated. I'm still mad that they beat OU in the Big 12 tournament. Because OU, one shot. If OU makes one shot at the end, Texas Tech loses. And Oklahoma makes the tournament, and who knows where they be. It also didn't help that Richmond won the title, and Virginia Tech won a won a title. So I'm like, yeah, that that didn't help. But but still, still mad about Texas Tech stealing that win in the Big Twelve tournament. And I talk about the women now, man. What the heck, bro? What the heck? I am heated. I'm heated. Um, mo- okay. Most of my brackets, okay, my brackets are doing okay. At least the ones I took seriously. I mean, this bracket I got called Easy is doing pretty well. I mean, I got six of my Elite Eight. And I got South Carolina winning at all, which can happen. But the way this tournament been going, I don't even know. I just don't understand for the life of me how Baylor loses to South Carolina, how Baylor loses to South Dakota at home. Number two seed, you got an All American slash Player of the Year candidate in Nalisa Smith, who might be a mystic. You got hell of talent. Who is even on South Dakota? You're at home and you only score four points in the first quarter. Get down twelve early. You're down most of the game You battle back But you still lose by 14 Because you just can't Make a bucket How bro How did this happen Remember I said last show I thought Baylor was going to go to the final four And may maybe Iowa Man they both lost Iowa lost to Creighton You at home Sold out crowd You got once again Player of the year candidate all American Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark only scores like 17. Make that make sense. No, she scored fifteen. Make it make sense. Creighton. I can't believe this. Let me see, man. You gotta be you can't be for real. <laughs> I mean, I don't think South Dakota is going to beat Michigan. And I don't think, bro, where's Creighton? I don't think Creighton's beating Iowa State. But at the end of the day, neither of them is beating South Carolina. And that's all that really matters. Oh, and North Carolina beat Arizona. Now, granted, I should have known that was going to happen because Arizona don't have Ari McDonald. But then again, Arizona was like a similar seed last year, and they made it all the way to the championship. And they were a few bricks away from stealing that title from Stanford. My girl, man, my girl, the coach, uh, Audie Barnes, got upset at home. The women's tournament, they introduced the first four, and then they going crazy. They don't know how to act. All these upsets, Iowa loss, LSU loss, they got Kim Mulkey The legendary Kim Mulkey and I was thinking you know I, I was just thinking about this Like Kim Mulkey was probably looking at the Baylor game Baylor losing to South Dakota And she was probably like Wouldn't let that happen to me though And then Her team loses to Ohio State at home bro. what What Wow you got to remember, man, with teams like that where the coach is the star and you don't really know any of the players, you got to remember that the players got to play. The coach doesn't play. The coach may be really good, but the players got to play. And Ohio State women always had a solid program. Now, oh, 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 yeah, Oregon, Oregon lost. <laughs> they got Sedona Prince and they got – They got the little sister, Sabali, who went off against Belmont. They lost. This is insane. Villanova. Villanova, an 11 seed, won. And honestly, just looking at them for two minutes, I was like, I see how they they won their first game. I see how they beat BYU. You know, they play really well as a team, and they got this girl, number 20, who's a beast. Like, she can shoot. From the outside. She got post moves. Man, I see why Villanova made it that far. But I mean, you got to play Michigan. I mean. What what can you do? Which they. Now that's. How all Americans post play. Nas Hillman. And she got the right supporting cast. Now Michigan might be that team. To make the final four. I'm not sure they can beat Louisville. But. I wouldn't be surprised if they did, the way this tournament's going. So Merlin Merlin, basically coasted. I mean, they got a break from Virginia Tech losing. They cooked Delaware. They cooked Florida Gulf Coast. Now they got to play Stanford. I mean, I-, I love Angel Reese, man, but I don't know. This is Stanford. This is the defending champs. And they got most of their players back. Yeah. That's gonna be a tough one. I hope I'm rooting for them. I hope they pull it off. But man, don't like Texas being in the what's the name? But finally, no, I'm just playing. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. UConn and Indiana, underrated game because um, y'all yeah, for I forgot her name, but she got she got like a Spanish name. The girl that I I think her name is. Cardeno Hillary. I think that's her last name. She were like number four on Indiana. Watch that matchup with her and Paige Beckers. Watch that matchup. That's going to be crazy. I can't wait to to see that. Well, I probably won't get to see it because I'm going to be out and about. Yeah, yeah, 2 o'clock on a Saturday? No, I'm not going to get to see that. But finally, (laughs) finally, I must talk about Oklahoma women's basketball. I was going to wait and save it for later, but dog. They lost by 44 at home to Notre Dame. You know, I was worried about NC State playing Oklahoma, pitting my girls against each other. I don't got to worry about that anymore because (laughs) my lady Sooners got washed. They got whooped. They got the whooping of their life. And I'm just looking at the stats, and I'm just like, how? How does this happen? While I was watching another game, I was looking at the ticker, and it was close in the first quarter for a little bit. And then Notre Dame just start pulling away, pulling away. Next thing you know, they're up 40. How? Notre Dame, I'm looking at the stats. Bro, they only had 12 bench points. They scored 108 points, 12 of them from the bench. No one scored over 30 points on their team. Three people had 20 or more, but they scored 108. OU had more rebound. OU only made four less three. But here's what what uh, stood out to me. Notre Dame shot 53%. That's crazy. You can't allow anything more than 40 if you're trying to play defense. And... Here's I think this is what really happened because OU had 28 turnovers and Notre Dame had 16 steals. My guess is they got a lot of runouts and a lot of easy layups and fast breaks. Honestly, in D.C. Frey and Social League, when my teams get blown out, that's what happens. You know, we miss a lot of shots. They go down the other end and they score easy baskets, and they keep doing it and doing it until we're, like, tired and just ran out of the building. That's probably what happens. That's no excuse. That cannot happen at home. You're the four seed. Man, they should have just played this game in South Bend. If I knew that was going to happen, they should have played that game in South Bend. We probably would have had a better chance because that was ridiculous. You got my man Chris leaving early and <laughs> saying that this team shouldn't even been in the tournament. They should have been in the WNIT. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, shout out to Chris Sanbanji, man. He is hilarious. He said they should have been in the WNIT. Oh, man. He killed them. Turp. What a way to go out. Now, sticking to... OU basketball, I might as well transition into this. OU men's basketball is out of the NIT. And it pretty much happened around the same time. Like the day before the OU women's game, or maybe the same day. I think it, no, 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 because they're both at home. So it happened the day before. OU men's basketball basically was losing most of the game. And they were down late. They only lost by two. But honestly, they were fighting and clawing to get back late in the game. They only scored 66 points. The game was close. It was back and forth. But I think St. Bonaventure just took control late in the game. And they've done that the entire NIT tournament. And just props to them. I can't even hate because what they're doing is incredible. They went on a road against Colorado, won. Then they came to OU, won. And then these are all close games, by the way. And then Virginia... I thought the game was going to be at St. Bonaventure. I was like, oh, that's going to throw them a curveball. They're not going to win that. Nah, the game's at Virginia. So they have to come all the way back to the East Coast against Virginia, who looked like their fans were game and ready to roll. They lost. No, they won. St. Bonaventure. We're on the road three times and one at NIT. Now they're going to New York. Props to them, man. There's props to them. That block at the end against Virginia. Oh, my God. And then they way to the crowd. <laughs> oh, man, that was badass. But, hey, both OU basketball teams are out. It happened about the same time. A men's basketball loss is disappointing because I wanted to see them in New York. But it just is what it is. It is what it is. Like, the future is bright with Porter Moser. I like where the program is going. A lot of uh trials and tribulations and losing Harkless and losing those games against Iowa State and Texas Tech and getting swept by TCU. Just the conference slate didn't go the way we wanted, but won what, five in a row at the end, nearly played ourselves out of the bubble made the tournament. You know, um I like to see where this goes with Porter Moser. Let's get some recruits in here let's get some good transfers in here let's let's go let's go i mean i love how we played against kansas who might make the final four so there's a lot to be encouraged about and they went down fighting even though they were the higher seed at home they still went out fighting the women they started off 20 and 2 big turn turn turnaround from what they did last year So I guess I can be encouraged about that. But the way they went out, that was a good old-fashioned. You know what? I don't like how they went out, and I wish they used that as fuel the entire offseason and ascend to greatness, and then maybe we can be in the Sweet 16 and maybe the Elite Eight. Who knows? Maybe further than that. The way the tournament's going this year, who knows what could happen next year. It could be even more obsessed next year. Hey, let's see. Let's see what happens. Um, all right. Speaking of the garden, let me transition into this. Ice, Trader Gang. I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to play it. You already know. You know, I didn't get to see Trey Young on Christmas because I got sick. Technically, I got sick this time. But I said, screw it. I'm gonna go. I'm not that sick. <laughs> I wasn't the difference is this time I wasn't coughing or sneezing. I just had a like a scratchy, sore throat. So I was like, oh, okay, I know the cold is coming, and then it came. So basically I felt well enough to still make the trip and I did. And this time Trey Young was playing. That was another reason I didn't go on Christmas. He was playing and I could just tell standing in line, waiting to get in the garden that he was gonna have one of those games, that I was gonna have a very good feeling about this game. I'm excited. Listen, that was a hell of a game he put, that was a heck of a performance, it was a classic. So let me start off with this, Trey Young had 45 points and eight assists, only four turnovers. And I feel like most of his turnovers were at the beginning of the game. So, yeah, he started off slow. You know, he's taking some deep shots, he's having some careless turnovers, he's missing some layups. But then he got it going. Once that shot started to fall, and by the way, he was seven for 15 from three. Once that shot started to fall, the Knicks were in trouble. There wasn't too many F. Trey Young chants, it wasn't. There were a few near my section, but they were they were kind of drowned out. Like they weren't It must have been a more family-friendly crowd or the Knicks fans are just not that hyped about the Knicks. Or maybe I'm just overrating this Knicks and Hawks rivalry. I might be overrating it just a ton, just a tad. But somehow some way, you know, the Garden, Madison Square Garden, it took a little bit for it to fill out. This is what happened the last time I was there. It looked like it ain't going to be that many people there. I was like, oh, this, these folks don't really care about the game. By the second quarter, everyone was in. Everyone was there. And once the, the Knicks started making that run, especially in the third quarter, that place went crazy. I was like, man, I see why. I see why the Knicks get so passionate. I, I see why. There's so much hype around this place because there's just nothing like it when the Knicks are doing well. So I can see why in the playoffs, Knicks fans would be extra hype and chanting F. Trey Young. There wasn't too many F. Trey Young chants. It was a regular season game. It looked like they were not going to make the playoffs. I don't think Knicks fans expect them to make the playoffs. So, the energy in the building was a little watered down. Still, it was a really good game. Like, when the Hawks were making their runs, I was going crazy. I was, you know, leaning in my seat. I was smiling. I was laughing. When the Knicks went on their run, I was quiet. And I was like, damn. (laughs) It's just, I can see why the Hawks are 500. Because they're just inconsistent. That's that's inconsistency. Defense, they have some holes. They have some matchup problems. Offensively, their shots come and go. And their post presence, they don't really have a post presence. Their post players mostly catch lobs. So that's, that's the team we're dealing with. That's the, that's the Hawks team we're dealing with. I hope. It looks like they're going to make the play in because their competition is the Knicks and the Wizards. <laughs> the Wizards are going backwards. They are trash. They trash and they just lost again last night. It wasn't even competitive against the Bucks. I tried to listen to the radio I tried to listen to them on the radio. I just couldn't take it. Once they got down 25 in the first half, I was like, no, 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 no. I know they're playing the Bucks, but at least try. They're year away. That's all I'm going to say about them. But anyway, that's the Hawks competition for the 10th and final spot. Are you kidding me? Man, these guys are not going to catch the Hawks. If I was the Hawks, I'd start trying to inch towards seventh place. Because the Knicks and the Wizards ain't going to catch you. And that's on everything. The Wizards are going the wrong way. And the Knicks are just not good. Especially without Julius Randle. Now the Knicks in that game against the Hawks. They showed some flashes. Emmanuel quickly seemed like he couldn't miss when he got in the game. Now he cooled down in the fourth quarter. Because thank God. But it looked like he couldn't miss. Fournier is always a dangerous shooter. RJ Barrett is coming into his own. Every time, and this is, this is another problem with the Hawks. Every time Trey Young got switched on him or Bogdanovich, I just I just cringed. Because I was like, these guys can't guard RJ. And they didn't. They couldn't do it without fouling. R.J. Barrett had 30 against the Hawks. Listen, R.J. Barrett could be a star. He's coming into his own. He's gonna need help though, obviously. But hey, the exclamation point when Trey Young shook Taj Gibson, when he did that, people were already leaving the building. But it became really like deathly silent after Trey Young shook Taj Gibson. When Trey Young shook Taj Gibson and made him fall and then hit the jump shot, bruh once again it got me making it got it It has me wanting to emulate his moves and break some ankles just like that boy oh boy Bogdanovich had 32 it's just like I hadn't seen him play in a while because he had been hurt half the season boy he was hitting his threes he was getting his spots Listen, when the Hawks were making them those runs, and then when they closed it out at the end, I was like, this is how it's supposed to look. This is the team that made the conference finals. Then they turn around the next day. I'm on the train going back to D.C., and I see they get down double digits to the Pistons, and they lose by like 20. Damn! The Pistons are the second worst team in the Eastern Conference, and the Hawks lost them. Can't trust this team, man, but they're going to make the play-in because of their competition. But, man, I don't know, man. The Hawks are fun to watch but frustrating to watch. That explains their 500 record. But being at the Garden and watching Trey Young, it's something I got to do again, and hopefully one day I can do that courtside, sitting with Spike Lee and... A few other celebrities I can't remember. It was it was some celebrities that were in, you know, movies and their um, musicians. But I think the only one I remember for sure was Spike Lee. Of course, he's at every game. So much so they didn't even spotlight him when they was doing a celebrity row spotlight. They didn't even spotlight him. They're used to him being there Oh and DJ Envy Was there as a DJ Cause it was HBCU night And he's a Hampton grad And then um, Yeah And Spike Lee had his Morehouse jacket on But man I gotta watch a Hawks-Knicks game At the Garden When A. The crowd is into it And B. You know I'm courtside It's gonna be dope Okay, the crowd was into it, but nothing like Christmas, nothing like the playoffs. It just wasn't the same. But still, Trey Young had an amazing performance. And I knew he was going to go off because he watched his team lose by 20 on Christmas. And he wanted to play in that game, but he got sick. Okay, he was asymptomatic, but he had COVID. And I know he wanted to make up for that, and boy, did he ever. Ice straight game, baby. Ice straight game. As inconsistent as this team is, as many holes as they have on defense, I still would not want to see this game, see this team in the playing. Charlotte Hornets. Brooklyn Nets. Okay, okay. I, I just, I, I don't think they could beat Brooklyn. There's way too many holes defensively. Offensively, if they shoot well, they'll give the Nets problems. And they have the. They have the potential to shoot well. They're capable. But I just can't get past the defensive limitations. But still, they're still dangerous. Because they got an atomic bomb on offense, and I'm not just talking about Trey Young. But they can still make eighth place, and then they'll go against probably the Heat or the Bucks Or the Sixers. I would love to see them upset the Sixers again. <laughs> that would be great. The meltdown would be classic. Just like last year. We'll see. They got some work to do. They're going to make the tournament. But they still got work to do. Man, what? All right, man. The Baker trip. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, before I get to talking about Baker... Okay, let's talk about OU softball. Real quick, real quick. OU softball is 26-0. And, you know, when I did this sort of thing last year, they were leading the country in every offensive category. Surprise, surprise, they're doing it again. And they have the highest batting average by a large margin. They have the highest home run average by a large margin. They have 70 home runs. The next closest is 54. Except this time, they also also have the lowest ERA, .73. Bro, this team is just dominating. And you look at their schedule, a bunch of run rules, a bunch of early victories, a bunch of run rules, a bunch of early victories. Even the ranked teams at their home field, talking to you, Kentucky, Got run rule too. They had to. They had to get the belt too. So I'm like, man, we are punished. Iowa. They beat Iowa twenty to nothing. Jesus Christ! Another one. I'm sure Houston is tired of playing against them. <laughs> they didn't whoop them three times. Um. The only team that got close was Tennessee because they they Tennessee took them to extras. That's it. Tennessee and Utah. Utah, that's a head scratcher too. But I'm just looking at their schedule. Just a lot of five-inning games, six-inning games. They, they're they dominating people. They, they're just bodying people. And, and Jocelyn Alo, yeah, she got the home run record, but she's batting 540. Damn! It just blows my mind. And I think it's Lindsey Elam who's also batting 500. I'm like, this team is unreal once again. And our leading pitcher is a freshman. <laughs> Bruh, we might just go undefeated. We might just go undefeated. I don't think Baylor's going to beat them. They opened the Big 12 with Baylor at Maria de Hinesfield. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's sold out. Texas Tech not going to beat us. At Texas, I'd be worried about that. Iowa State improved. They're not going to beat us. Kansas, are you serious? Oklahoma State is always a tough draw. Well, recently they've been a tough draw. But this time it's in Norman. They're not winning a game. So there's no way this team loses more than two games. They're just too, too dominant, too good, too balanced. And guess what? The whole Oklahoma State series is on ESPN. You can watch it too on TV. So check it out when the time comes. I know it's the beginning of May, but you gotta see this. You gotta see us whoop up on the little sisters of the poor, aka Oklahoma State. <laughs> I gotta get. I had to get him. I had to get him. A little more NFL news. When Matt Ryan got traded for by the Colts. This is when I started to get worried about Baker because I thought for sure the Colts are going to pick up Baker because there's mutual interest and Baker is just as good as Carson Wentz and he's younger. Not that much younger, but younger. So I thought surely, surely they would pick up Baker Mayfield. Nah, they pick up an older, more accomplished quarterback, Matt Ryan. And I'm just like, that's when I started to realize, oh, my God, what I predicted could happen if Baylor, if Baylor, if Baker didn't play well in year five is happening now. I was like, if Baker don't play well in year five, the, the Browns are going to let him go. They're not going to resign him. And basically, he's going to be signed as a low-end starter or backup. Apparently, the NFL is a year ahead of me. They see that They see that in Baker now. This is not good. I don't, I don't know why Seattle hasn't picked him up. I know you ain't about to roll out there with Drew Locke or a rookie. You got to be kidding me. There's rumors about Baker going to Pittsburgh. For him to go to the rival after all that time with the Browns, man, that would be weird. To see Sooner fans root for Baker in a Steelers uniform would be weird, but if it happens, you know I'm with it. In Browns and Steelers games, it will be much see, must see TV. But I have a feeling that they they committed to uh they're committed to Mitch Trubisky and the backups on their roster. <laughs> that sounds so funny when you think about it, but they are they are. If he goes there, he's gonna have to compete with. Mitch Trubisky, he better beat him out or it's not going to be looking good for him in the future. So the Browns are keeping Baker Mayfield for now. I think they're still shopping him. I don't know what the cost is if they release him. It's probably not going to be good. They probably still have to pay his contract. So that's why they're slow to release him. They're probably trying to avoid that as much as possible. We'll see what happens, though, but I I just can't believe we're here now. This is what I was afraid was going to happen and it's happening already. But y'all need to quit being disrespectful. The the Baker Mayfield disrespect is at an all-time high. You know, and that's I see why Colin Cowherd still talks about Baker and trolls sooner Twitter on the daily. Because he's popular and he brings ratings. That's why he keep that's why he keeps this uh stick going. That's why he keeps this bit going because it drives ratings and it drives, you know, and, and he gets a kick out of annoying Sooner fans. I guess Sooner fans annoy him, so he's returning the favor. But, man, Baker Mayfield, I'm telling you, he's going to be fine, man. Two, listen, year two and four won't happen again unless injury. A lot of y'all just thinking he's just not that good, man. Just give it up. He is, bro. Just watch. Just watch. He's gonna prove to y'all that he's not only a starter that he can be top ten, top fifteen. But he's gonna be a backup. There's nothing I can do. He he's gonna be a backup. Unless he ends up on one of these NFC East teams, like the Giants, Cowboys, Washington. I mean, Giants, Giants, Washington, Eagles. He could start on any of those teams. Yes, even the Eagles. I love Jalen Hurts, but Baker could take his spot. If he's not on the Jets or the Seahawks, if he's not on any of these teams, or maybe even the Steelers, he's going to be a backup. And even on those teams, he still might be a backup. This is not good. This is Armageddon for anyone who really roots for Baker Mayfield. Now, he could end up on the Dolphins, even though they love Tua. He could be a, you know, a really solid backup to Tua. That would actually make sense because the last few years they had Fitzpatrick They had Brissett, really solid backups, because Tua is injury-prone and young, and they kept switching him out for Fitzpatrick that first year. So don't be surprised if Baker Mayfield ends there. Him and Tyreek Hill? Devontae Parker? Bruh, that'd be insane. We'll see, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with the Dolphins either. But it's just not looking good for Baker Mayfield. And it's just the the drama on Twitter is just very entertaining. Browns fans and Sooner fans, they've been going at it since year two of Baker Mayfield. But now it's just all out war. I'm mad that Gab Gowdy got into it. And Gab Gowdy is just, she doesn't doesn't take any crap. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> They're really... Sooner Twitter has really gotten on Gab's behind. And Gab isn't going to back down. And she hasn't. So, you know, I hate to see my favorites going at each other. But it just happens sometimes. I just, just back off. Just watch from a distance. And just don't say anything dumb. You know what I'm saying? That's all. But Tyreek Hill is on the Dolphins. And this happened fast. This happened in like one day. I had no clue. I haven't been in Kansas City. I had no clue he wanted an extension. But apparently, even according to Drew Rosenhaus, at the end of the season, they were talking about an extension. And things were going well until Devontae Adams got his contract. And then they were like, now we want more money. And the Chiefs were like, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> That's basically how it went. And so Drew Rosenhaus suggested they look for a trade, and the Chiefs agreed. You know, they didn't want to let Tyreek Hill go, but they weren't going to pay this man $30 million a year. That is what he's getting from the Dolphins. I just want to look at Spot Rat real quick because this oh lord jesus i just want to look at uh, spot rat real quick cuz <clears throat> this cuz this is ridiculous 30 million dollars a year for a receiver 30 million dollars for a receiver are we sure about that that is that is like top 10 quarterback money you got to be kidding me like wow okay i'm looking at Devontae adams contract Holy crap. So he's only a $7 million cap hit this year. $30 million cap hit next year. $21 million. But he could get cut after uh, year three because he's only a $7 million cap hit. Oh, boy. You better be balling out, Devontae, because they might let you go after year three because paying you $40 million, he better be in 2025 because letting him go in 2025 you letting him go at 20 in 2025 seems too tempting and i can see it happening so if Devonte adams gets cut in 2025 don't be surprised don't be surprised because he's a 40 million dollar cap hit in 2025 and it's only it only cost him 7 million dollars to get rid of him in 2024 after 2024 I'm talking about the Raiders. And I'm, I'm just looking at an article com- comparing Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill's contract. Tyreek Hill, $6 million cap hit this year. $31 million next year. $24 in 2024. Devontae Adams, he's only a $10 million dead cap in 2024 if the Dolphins decide to get rid of him, which I can see happening. In 2025, $28 million cap hit. Here's the kicker, though. Here's the, This is hilarious. This If he makes it this far, expect some shenanigans. In 2026, Tyreek Hill is a $50 million cap hit. Yeah, I see why he signed that contract. 50? He could get paid $50 million at 31 years old? He's a receiver. What? And a small one at that I know he's fast though He's fast And he's been very productive But with shaky quarterback play I don't know if he gonna be the same 50 million You can't really blame him The NFL stands for not for long And to be fair The Dolphins are probably gonna cut him after year three So So I mean, so for both sides, it ain't that big of a deal. But props to Tyreek Hill for getting his money. It's mind-blowing that you would pay a receiver that much. But to be fair, I don't know if he's going to make it past year three because it's business. And I cannot even see a receiver getting paid $50 million, especially one that's 30 years old. But we'll see. I might be wrong if he's still fast and explosive and one of the top receivers at the league in 31, he'll definitely be earning that money, for sure. Wow, it's just looking at those contracts, is mind-blowing. But that's inflation, that's the NFL just being a cash machine, and the prices are going to go up. The salary cap just went up. As long as the NFL keep making that money, these ridiculous contracts are just going to keep going. There's someone that's not even born yet, It's probably going to get paid sixty million dollars as a receiver. I wouldn't even that wouldn't even shock me at this point. (laughs) We're not talking about a quarterback. You talking about a receiver? Man, the Dolphins look all right on paper, but it doesn't go anywhere unless Tua is cooking or whatever quarterback they had. It's probably going to be Tua. It doesn't go anywhere unless Tua is like that. So let me get into a quick hypothetical game of the episode. You know what? Just just bring back the music. Bring back the music. Let's get it. <sixteen voix> <sound> <laughs> I might have done this before. I don't remember. But this is a Gretzky versus Ovechkin matchup. Uh 85 Oilers who I think won the Stanley Cup. And they're going against a young Alex Ovechkin, the 2009 Capitals, who I believe they lost in the second round to the Penguins. That's when the cap cycle started. (laughs) The cap cycle was was born then. (laughs) But, yeah, Ovechkin, Gretzky, two of the greats going against each other. I ain't even gonna hold you man What if sports is cap Is all cap Like my hockey team Like seriously bro This joint had The Oilers winning 9-1 Now I will say this Gretzky Is a maniac Because that season he had like 200 points So so he had a bunch of goals We had a bunch of assists too I don't think Ovechkin hasn't had more than like 120, 130 in a season. Just shows you how insane Gretzky is. And this is a young Gretzky. But what if sports is cap, bro? They got the Oilers winning 9 1 in Capital One Arena. But, can, you know, it kind of makes sense because the Capitals, I mean, this year. They've only won, like, two home games in 2022. (laughs) It may not be two, but it's definitely less than five. (laughs) And even back then, the Capitals lose important games at home, like that game seven against Montreal in the first round. Yeah, stuff like that. So it makes sense that they will lose at home, but 9-1, this is cap. Wayne Gretzky had, in this hypothetical, he had two goals and three assists. That makes sense from what I saw on hockey reference, pro hockey reference. This dude is a maniac. And he went off in this hypothetical, 9-1. Ovechkin didn't even score. He didn't even have an assist. He did have six shots on goal. But, man, the only score by the Capitals was by Alexander Simmon. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. But, yeah, young Nick Brastrom, young Alexander Ovechkin, shut out. Shame. Tragic. Annoying. But it's okay, you know. You know what, man? Let's run this back. And it's not even Capital One. It, it's Verizon Center. Last... When, when they played back in 09, it was called Verizon Center. All right. No, 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 no. Let's run that back because what is sports' is cap? And Edmonton won again, 3-1. So whatever, man. Whatever, man. Uh, the 09 caps took this L, and that is the hypothetical game of the episode, and the end of the episode, go to GoatLevelTees.com for all things Goat Level. Mr. Rand Pugh, I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.